This is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. Hello, TGOS listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. This is your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Michelza, a local dance instructor in Augusta, Georgia, who aims to not only help you learn, but help you heal. Check it out. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Um, today, we'll be speaking with Michelle's uh, Yeah, you said it right. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh uh, no, this whole time I've been thinking how that's probably one of the coolest names ever. Really? It sounds like a like a cool Disney villain. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like Michelle's uh, like that that sounds pretty dope. I have never <laughs> heard that reference before. Really? No, not so, a Disney villain, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. So what did the name originate from? How did your uh, parents um, come up with that? Well, my dad's name is Michael, and they like the name Michelle, but mm-hmm. they just felt like that was too basic. Yeah. I really don't know where the the came from. It's just, <laughs> I've questioned them so many times, I don't get it, but I like the name. I like yeah. the end result, yeah. It's a nice twist. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. And um, it makes you, yourself, unique, yeah, in a way. So. Um, I don't think Michelle would fit. So I like Michelle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of your parents, were you all were you raised here in Augusta, or where were you born originally? I was born in Texas. Mm-hmm. Was here for a short period again in Augusta. We moved to Germany, and then I came back here when I was five, and I've been here ever since. Germany has been like popping. Yeah, a every lot of person. I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed. They say they were born in Germany. I take it your parents military. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I guess there's just something about Fort Gordon people in Germany. I don't know, but it was cool. I remember a lot of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long were you in Germany before? Uh, three you guys years. Moved? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you were three? No, no, no. You said you were born and then you were yeah. In Texas. We got there when I was two. Okay. We came back two or one and a half and came back when I was five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you remember most about that transition? As far back as you can remember. It wasn't much of a transition. I was so young. I mean, I saw the castles and all that stuff there. Mm. I remember going to a restaurant and they brought out a full roasted pig. Wow. I don't know why I remember that. (laughs) I had to be like four. But yeah, and then we moved back and I mean, you're little, so you really just attach your life to your parents. So it wasn't a big deal to me at all. Yeah. (laughs) It was no big deal at all. And then most of my family is here too. So it was like, I probably ended up meeting my first cousins for the first time when we moved back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many siblings do you have? Three. Three brothers, no sisters. Oh, wow. So unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the youngest, middle, oldest? Um, middle-ish. I'm Middle-ish. the third child. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was the, the youngest, and it's weird. Like, what is, what is that like? Because I know it's not middle child syndrome, but, because I've heard of it, but you're next to the middle, so you're, like, right there. Like, you, you see a difference as far as age and how you were affected in reference to your parents and, like, order, birth order? 
really? My parents are pretty fair. Not pretty fair. They are fair. Yeah. If anything, I think it's just being the only girl that gave me some advantages. Like, you know, daddies don't want their girls changing tires, taking out trash. I know how to do it, yeah. but I just don't. <laughs> or like my brothers, they're not big on fashion, anything. So that gave me a little more money for my shopping trips. So <laughs> stuff like that. But beyond that, no, no real difference. Mm-mm. It's funny you said that because um, somebody posted a video on social media about uh, a man that needed, he had a flat tire. Mm-hmm. So he had to call some company mm-hmm. to help him. And a woman came out to help him. And apparently he was getting bashed for that because you like, why is you why are you getting a woman to change a tire? And my mom like, well, women change tires too. Yeah, I mean, he hired her, so yeah. let her do the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Very. I, I, I was talking to uh, my fiance about the concept of when um, just when women make certain decisions, we have to remember it's not about us. Yeah. And most of the time when you decide to do something for yourself, it's for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you happen to appreciate it on the outside, that's fine. But you all do not make your decisions based on what we think no. you should be or do. This no. is totally up to you. At least we you. try not to. Yeah. Yeah. And having that freedom to do so, yeah. um, I see that because I was just thinking about interviewing you, and I feel like this is the the age of of women. Mm-hmm. Like you finally got a chance to just have something of your own, mm-hmm. and it's fully represented, mm-hmm. and it ex- and excludes. I want to say it totally excludes men, but it it shines light on your perspective, yeah. not just ours. Men still have a strong opinion on it. A lot do, but yeah. Who cares? I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I'm just, my mom's. she's really independent, too. She doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And she's married happily to my dad, so whatever. Has that ever influenced what you do? Um, what do you, can you tell the honest what you do specifically as far as, well, as an artist? Well, as an artist, yeah. <laughs> I am a, I shouldn't say former dancer, but mm-hmm. since I don't dance that much now, I'll say former dancer. I spent my childhood dancing started when I was six because mm. my parents saw me dancing around the house all the time so they just thought mm, maybe a dance class and yeah. I liked it so I stuck with it and then by my third year just taking regular classes one of my teachers was like you know she should audition for company and I did and I made it and so from fourth grade through high school with a few breaks here and there I was mm-hmm. on a dance company in rehearsals sometimes seven days a week competitions i missed so many birthday parties oh, and wow. hangouts with my friends but it was worth it yeah because i loved what i did but yeah and then i didn't go off to la or anything but in augusta the the opportunities for training after 18 they just like significantly drop off <laughs> it's like whoa I was tra- training at a pre-professional level and then now there's nothing yeah. or just a few things here and there that may not fit into my schedule. So, yeah, in college I took a few ballet classes here and there and then there was a while when I wasn't doing anything and then I thought, you know, I could teach a class. So then I thought, well, where would I go? Because there are so many dance studios around town and then I thought, well, there's nothing in South Augusta and I spent half of my childhood there when we first moved back from Germany. I was there. Up until almost high school, yeah, and I, I always remember having to drive, well, my mom having to drive across <laughs> town to take me there. And I thought, well, should people have to do that? Especially with people's work schedules. She was able to do that because she was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for much of my childhood. But what about people who work 
yeah. or you know it's just a single parent they can't get to Martinez or Evans right after they get off because most classes start sometimes four o'clock that doesn't fit a working parent schedule so I thought let me just offer something over here so I started dance with Michelle it's just beginner level classes because mm-hmm. that's all I can teach right now with work and school just at um, Diamond Lakes Community Center just to give people an option yeah yeah just to try it they don't have to stick with it because most kids who start in dance classes they don't stay with it the you, the younger kids classes they usually have like 30 and 40 people by the time you get to the upper companies 10 people maybe because mm-hmm. it takes a lot more dedication but just giving people the option yeah. to have something within driving distance of their house and as an instructor it's it's awesome that you consider it not just somebody's interests as a dancer but their lifestyle mm-hmm. and how things accommodate them mm-hmm. opposed to you just being in a position where you just want something from them yeah. you want something for them yeah yeah I mean I'm trying to say if it was about money I could have gone somewhere else I've gotten offers to teach other places I'm not saying I'm the best dancer ever yeah when I was when I was at my peak I'd say I was a, a really good dancer not mm-hmm. quite so you think you can dance level maybe yeah. like in two more years of intense training but I could have taught somewhere else I could have been I live in Columbia County I could have done something there but it's like just providing a service. I already have a career. I'm back in school to get a second career. I don't need a whole lot of money from this. Yeah. Yeah. What up to you guys, listeners? I don't just produce podcast episodes, but I also record music. I have a few projects out now, including two EPs titled Born and Born Part 2. The list also includes three additional playlists. They can all be found on my Noise Trade account at noisetrade.com. That's noisetrade.com. Free music. Can't beat that, right? Check it out, and I hope you're inspired. I think that's, um, I'm glad, and it's funny, a lot of people are doing things similar to what you're doing, but you obviously have something that's completely different. But you're offering something that a lot of people, if they did offer it back then, I didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. And plus social media and having the accessibility to what you do, it helps a lot. Oh yeah, very in- easy marketing. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I was thinking the other day, how would I market this? without social media because when I first announced it I think people who knew me all my life were like you need to teach a dance class and I was like no I don't never I'm not qualified because I felt like you needed to be a prima ballerina yeah. to teach a class and my mom had mentioned it several times and it was just a few weeks ago she was like mm, a couple years ago you said you'd never do this and now look <laughs> at you now but yeah yeah mm. sounds like you have the, the heart for it yeah yeah enjoy seeing people just have fun little kids have a chance to release some energy and I remember when I was a young girl well, when I was a teenager looking back at my younger dance classes and thinking what are some things I could have learned back then that we didn't learn until later maybe because they thought we couldn't handle it or it's just oh that's just a little kids class they don't need to learn that yet and I thought well no because if I had learned that back then I'd yeah. probably be further than I am now not that everybody in my class is trying to be advanced, but it's mm-hmm. like, why wait to introduce them to certain aspects of technique? Just try it. If yeah. it doesn't work, okay, we'll reel it back in. Mm-hmm. And, but if they pick up on it, okay. Like, there are some girls who've come through my class who really have the potential to go all the way to the point where it's like, okay, I'll keep you for two years. But after that, if their parents try to bring you back, no, you can't come back. You need to go to a ballet school. Because yeah. that's, that's the thing. I don't care about 
having the most students. If you're really advanced, go to somebody else who can take you further. Because right now, I know I can only do the beginner level. Mm-hmm. I just care about making sure they get what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing and being aware of your capability and your limits. I'm, I'm recently learning that. And um, not being ashamed of that. Yeah. A lot of people think since you have been trained that mm-hmm. you should be further along. And like, well, this is this is where I was purposely mm-hmm. placed to be, and I'm just using what I have. And it's yes. not like you're settling with what you have. It's actually, and I'm pretty certain that you're continuously learning mm-hmm. as you instruct, mm-hmm. which is the most beautiful thing because you never stop learning. Yeah, I like everything I'm interested in: dance, physical therapy. I have a degree in marketing, so I work in marketing. It's it's nothing where it's like you learn it and that's it. Yeah. Not to knock accounting or anything, because mm-hmm. those accountants are important, but yeah. that wouldn't fit me. Because once you learn the techniques, it's like, okay, this is what we do, unless some kind of accounting principle changes. But with marketing, it's always like, how are people's interests changing with dancing? How is dance the health the dance health industry changing? Um, all those things so it's never like I know everything and that's it yeah mm-hmm. now has music has has that been the essence of your passion or and it branched off into other things or has you do you have several passions in mm-hmm. dance and it just happened to be one of them uh, ooh, dance is the primary passion mm-hmm. That's always been the focus in some way all throughout my life. There's never been a time, even when I wasn't dancing or taking a break from dancing, where I thought, I never want to do it again. Eventually, I would miss it. And, for instance, physical therapy, that branches out from dance because I want to work in dance medicine, basically doing physical therapy for dancers. And so, yeah, that, even with marketing, another passion of mine, and I get this from my mom, is just understanding how people think. I remember I was in college, in my freshman year I was undeclared, as a lot of people are, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. But then I thought, well, everything's a business. No matter what I do, it's business, so I should maybe get a business degree. Then I thought, well, management, I don't want to learn about supply chains. That doesn't sound fun. Then I thought, well, marketing is kind of like psychology, understanding people's thought processes. So if I can do that and learn how to run a business, I can start anything I want. So I went with that. So those two things, movement, art, expression, specifically with dance and understanding how people think they guide just about all of my choices yeah mm-hmm. I wish that somebody in school was forth giving about the business aspect of your major because mm-hmm. as a lit major the only other option you had was becoming a teacher mm-hmm. and all our professors were for, uh, pushing us say go to grad school get your degree in this so that you can teach at a university level or maybe high school mm-hmm. okay but I'm I was thinking so what if somebody wants to go left mm-hmm. what if they want to get into journalism what if mm-hmm. they want to um, just write books for the rest of their lives and not do anything else what about that and what the next question was okay so how are you gonna make living yeah money yes hey it's fun but can i pay my bills exactly (laughs) and being aware of that and utilizing your degrees in that sense is very very wise and i wish that i 
did the same thing. You know what you say is wise, but back then I felt like, what am I doing? Because my thinking was, I know I want to own my own stuff one day. I had no idea what it was going to be. And honestly, now, I mean, yeah, I teach dance classes and I'm going into physical therapy, but I can't tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing in 10 years because there are so many things I want to do. So I just chose, okay, if I go into business, that's like a buffer for myself. Yeah. So I'll look like I'm doing something. And then when I finally do branch off on my own, I'll at least have an idea. But to other people, they would ask, like, what are you going to do with your marketing degree? I'm like, oh, I don't really know yet. Because <laughs> I don't want to work in traditional marketing. And even when I graduated, it's like, so, you know, people are throwing me jobs at advertising companies or, you know, let's start a company together. And it's like, wait, let's, let's hold off on that because I don't know what I want to be doing in five years. And I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. But I'm still glad I majored in what I majored in. I think that's what um, I experienced maybe a year or two after graduating. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have no idea yeah. where I'm going. I feel like that's so normal. Yeah. But you're made to feel like, well, my parents, they didn't make me feel like it was weird. They're like, well, that's just life. But on the outside, it's like, we need to pick something. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm only 20-something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, watching a commercial, and it was about a dad. He said, I, my daughters, he said, I gave my daughters three decisions after graduation you know either go to the military you can go to college or you can take this money that i was going to use to pay for your college degree and start your own business like there's nothing that if you don't have a plan these are your three options and i know as some some students who are forced to make a decision and then later change mm -hmm. uh, but i think it's it's very fortunate to have either or because it does shape you and mold you mm -hmm. and but like you say you at that point you have no idea where this is taking you mm -mm. and then when in that sense in retrospect the process the, did you find yourself enjoying that or were there points i enjoyed it because i like learning yeah but when i would think about what do I do once I'm done? I got a little stressed out because I looked at some of my classmates and they, they knew, oh, I want to work at an ad firm or they just had all these internships under their belts. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And I feel like I tried to fit myself into that. Well, they're doing this, so let me do, do that. And so I remember talking to one of my primary marketing instructors saying, I don't really know what I want to do. She said, do an internship. I said, I already did one. <laughs> I still don't know. But uh, once I graduated and got out of the college atmosphere and had some time to think for myself, I came into this. But even now, back in school for physical therapy, it's a lot because it's science-based. But yeah. I love it. It's like, I remember thinking one time, if I could get paid to be in school for the rest of my life <laughs> without the pressure of grades, yeah. just learn, 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 I'd be happy. I don't think that's a solid career plan, but mm -hmm. I just want to learn. Yeah, in fact, I need to find a way or let a way present itself to me where I can get the resources from the things I love so that I can fund learning in some way for the rest of my life. And it sounds like you enjoy challenge. Nice challenge. I just want to know everything. Yeah. Not possible in one lifetime, but <laughs> I want to know as much as I can about, I mean, I look up random things on my phone sometimes. Like, if you look through my history, you think, girl, what, what is going on right now? But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Continuously having a, a curious mind, that's what got a lot of iconic individuals ahead is because they were curious like I want to push this envelope just a little bit more mm -hmm. so I can go as deep as I can yeah. um, speaking of like of that the, the, uh, which is one obviously one of your questions the art of, of dancing if you can explain that 
in your own language? What would that be? Well, it, people call it an art. What is it? I mean, if you think of babies, before they can talk, they make a bunch of noise, or before they can walk or anything, they're dancing to music. So is it? I mean, if you train in it, sure, you could yeah. think of it as art, but it feels like something that's pretty Organic. natural. Yeah. yeah. Like you just come here doing it. Even if you don't have the greatest rhythm, it's okay. You just know how to do it. Just knowing how to do it. I know for a lot of us, we're like, um, easier said than done. <laughs> but I mean, if we actually go back, if we were able to, to remember that far, we could probably recall doing what we do now in its most natural immature and undeveloped form and we were probably we probably was having more fun <laughs> but the awesome thing about about growing in your in your art or your craft is that you sharpen it and it just becomes so easy and hopefully we can all get back to that point where we're having fun again right Continue to listen in to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with Michelle Za. Nobody, if those songs started bumping in here right now, I don't think anybody would just be sitting still unless they hated the song. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, I think some people are hesitant to call themselves dancers because they're not a commercial dance, dancer on tour with Beyonce or something. Yeah. They're not on a, a company or anything. But if you like doing it, and if you put in some effort toward it, can't you be a dancer? I don't know. I know for myself, I hesitated to call myself a dancer because it's like, well, I was only on company at my local dance studio. Is that really, does that really count for anything? But it's only in the last few years where I was like, yeah, I can call myself a dancer. I put in the work. I don't have to reach a certain status for it to mean something. Yeah. Mm. When I was younger, like school dances and stuff, <laughs> I hated it because everyone was doing the same thing and I thought that you had to have rhythm or a sense of it <laughs> rhythm helps <laughs> yes to, to dance and I didn't think I, I had it and mm. it wasn't until maybe a couple of years ago when I turned when I entered my 30s I was at I was somewhere and I was I really enjoyed the music and I didn't care how I looked and I was like, this is, I was having fun. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is having fun mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Yeah, it doesn't have to look great. Who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people like, you know, Chris Brown and all of them, they were talking about counting as they dance. Some people talk about counting yeah. and having to keep up. And But at some point, I, I always ask myself, are they really, I hope they're really enjoying it. Because the expressions on their face and their body, it seemed like they, they were. Yeah. I feel like if you've trained in dance at all, you do count. You get that five, six, seven, eight in your head from yeah. dance teachers. But it's still really enjoyable. It feel, it like fills a void that nothing else can, for me at least. Because I actually really enjoy it. Like if I go too long without dancing, it's just like, ooh, something's, something's <laughs> off here. Kind of like right now in my life, even though I teach dance, I haven't taken like a really demanding dance class that's going to push me and it's to the point now where it's like yeah I could take a beginner adult class but it's not fun because I've already gone through that so it feels slow so I like things that are going to 
really make me come home sore and thinking, how am I going to improve myself next week so in about two months I can do this right? Yeah. But that's just me. I'm really hard on myself in that way. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a lot of, maybe some athletes might disagree, but I think that's like the Mamba mentality. Like Kobe, he, he always wanted to make himself better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's was probably the issue with him is that he never got in a circle where everyone mimicked that mm-hmm. same tenacity but having being that hard on yourself as an individual it does help because yeah. I, I had to be that way I've always been that way and it gives you the ability to bring out the best in you mm-hmm. now as far as your individuality and who you are as a person do you think dancing exposed you to certain things about yourself that you didn't know like in your yeah, uh, music I, I mean, how do I say this? I danced at a dance studio that was primarily white mm-hmm. because it, my mom didn't know anything about the dance world. So she just looked in the phone book. That's the one she picked. And it was a good fit for me, but it exposed me to different kinds of music that I would have never, never <laughs> listened to on my own. But I realized I liked it. And I was like, am I putting myself in a box because I'm black? Yeah. But yeah, that, different foods, um, different clothing, different people, because you go to competitions and it's a room full of like a thousand dancers from across the country. I've met so many different people. Yeah, I've gotten to see so many different places. A lot of our competitions, they were in fun cities. Um, we got to travel to LA, um, or Orla- well, Orlando, I guess that's fun, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really had an exciting child. I did more in my childhood than I think a lot of people do by 30, yeah. just by way of dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is your, if you have one, favorite genre? Or, I'm actually this, mm-hmm. what's something that you like that probably a lot of people wouldn't think you would. I love hip-hop. Really? I think a lot of people who know me, yeah. too, because of how I talk in my personality, think, <laughs> girl, you can't do that. I actually really can, and I'm really good. <laughs> and I let that box me in for a long time, because it's like, well, I don't even want to try, because they're just going to immediately start laughing, because yeah. it's me doing it. And people, mm-hmm. some of my friends did that when I was younger, so I just avoided it. But I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Yeah. I think uh, I just recently started listening to, uh, because of the film, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody Queen. Mm-hmm. And I never really paid attention to Freddie Mercury's voice. Mm-hmm. Like, for somebody to have, like, his mouth was <laughs> specifically position where he could deliver his vocals the way he did. I yeah. think he said he had like extra molars in the back of his mouth and it positioned his his vocal cords in a way that he can sing in a impressive range mm-hmm. and he never removed them because of that. You know, obviously it would have caused problems and a dentist would have said you need to get those removed for health reasons. <laughs> but I never thought that I would actually be into that because like you said you look at us being black and African Americans yeah. you think that this is where we need to be. And yeah. obviously, but once you get exposed to something that, that moves you, it gravitates. And you're like, wow, this is something that I really like. Yeah, because I remember growing up, sometimes it's like, oh, that kind of stuff, that's, that's for white people. Yeah. You know? I said that kind of low because there's some nearby. But, <laughs> yeah, it's felt like, well, I don't want people picking on me. But it's like, I like it, though. So what do I do? Yeah. But my parents, they're really open. My mom, she's into a lot of music that wouldn't be defined as typical for black people at least yeah. back then now mm-hmm. it's different but 
I was born in 91, so I grew up in the early 2000s, different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny because, like you said, like now, every music genre is incorporated into something else. Mm-hmm. It's hip-hop and country, it's, mm-hmm. uh, like, it's jazz and um, maybe uh, country or it's, it's just it's cross-genres mm-hmm. and it sounds good yeah. because you've got a, a lot a hold of people who have a different ear mm-hmm. and a, an instinctive ear to hear those things and say, why don't we just put them together? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wouldn't have thought of that because of you know the cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as far as dancing, I want to say, I would obviously want to ask this because my experience with what I've seen involving dancing, what are the misconceptions that you've heard about dancing, how people view it from the outside? ones I've heard are like it's shallow yeah like growing up because I didn't play a sport or it took up a lot of my time so I wasn't involved in school a lot I was on prom committee that's about it yeah um but it's like why are you devoting all your time to this it's just dancing it's not a sport it's not athletic like you're just in ballet slippers and costumes it's like it's hard work it's dedication yeah it's like you should give dancers the same reverence you would give somebody who's in the gym lifting weights all the time and changing their body. It's hard. It's, I'm paying for it now, some of the demands I put on my body. I'm only 27. Yeah. I shouldn't be having knee problems, but I am. <laughs> and that's probably some of my fault because I would jump back into class after injury a little bit earlier than the doctor's orders, so yeah. that's my bad. But it's, it's really demanding. It takes a lot of discipline especially at such a young age when you're balancing school mm. your social life and boys all this stuff yeah it's hard work and i think that's why now in my 20s when a lot of people are like it's time to hustle it's like mm, let's i hustled my whole childhood i'm <laughs> i'm just getting back into the let's work hard mode because i needed a break yeah mm-hmm. Hello, local vendors, entrepreneurs, and business owners. If you are interested in using some ad space on the glory in our stories, let me know. You can contact me at mrpennywell8 at gmail.com. That's M-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L, the number eight, at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Now, let's get back to the episode. Speaking of that, um, first person that came to mind was Misty Copeland. Man, her... Her physique, for you to be that, that uh, fit, and I mean, there's no telling what she does in the gym or even yeah. outside of it. But like you said, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work into that. Some of the most cut people I've ever seen are ballet dancers, because people don't realize. I I have gone to classes at a ballet school when they really push you. You walk out of there, it completely drenched. It is so hard, so painful. I mean, it's, it's rewarding, but it hurts so <laughs> bad. Worse than any workout I've ever done. It is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you, um, the, the instructors that are teaching these courses, mm-hmm. are they pushing you, trying to push you to the max? Do Are they aware of your limits, or are they trying to remind you that the limits that you have are only there if you create them? Uh, both. I mean, they don't want you to hurt yourself. Yeah. You know, and they don't want you to move too fast. <laughs> You need to go through stages, but yeah, they push you. It's like, no, keep those legs up. Keep that heel off the ground when you're on your toes. Keep that leg in the air. It's like, can't you see I'm dying? (laughs) Not literally, but yeah, they're going to push you. And I like that. I don't, 
I don't want it to be that I have to push myself. I'm already paying you money to be here, so push me. Make me keep my leg in the air. Make me go for the fourth or fifth turn instead of just two. Yeah. I like that. Do you think men get um, a lot of backlash for being men as dancers? Depends on the style. If it's hip hop, no. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Ballet, yeah, they assume you're gay. Some, a lot are, but a lot aren't either. Yeah. Or that that's the girly stuff. Like, why would you want to do that? Same thing. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it is really hard. Even more so for men, because they're the expectation, especially in ballet, is oh, the men they, most men, most male professional ballet dancers can do so many turns, can they can leap so high. And so I've been in classes with male ballet dancers, and they are pushing it. Yeah. They inspired me. I'm like, ooh, I need to step up my game. <laughs> he, and some guys, they had started dancing just two years prior. And I'm like, how are you this good already? Like, mm. I felt ashamed. <laughs> um, I guess the thing I lost my train of thought. Because I've been thinking about all these these movies I've seen, and they, they made it seem like... The, uh, the instructors were like drill sergeants, and oh, those movies are over the top. No, <laughs> no, that like that, and everybody would quit. Stop. Yeah. Like even the dance mom show with I think her name's Abby or something. Mm. I don't know. I don't watch it, but it's like that is not real. I, the parents I danced with, they would have corrected that dance teacher so fast. All that money they're paying the studio, please. I don't think so. Well, now, which is this a an expensive? Fast. You say it's an expensive career, or is it? Depends on how much you put into Dance it. Dance classes, uh, yeah, it's not cheap. Even beginner level classes at most studios starts for like $55, $60 per class. Mm-hmm. So, and then when you get into the companies, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's not a cheap, cheap hobby yeah. by any means. Mm-hmm. So, how, the conversations that you have with dancers that at some point you realize, <coughs> you know what, this may not be for you. How does, have you ever been in an experience where you had to hear overhear somebody tell somebody else that? As in, like, maybe they don't have the skill set for it? Yeah, because you can obviously see them really putting all, they're all into it, but at I some mean, point... I haven't heard the conversation, but I know where I danced. We had to re-audition every year, so maybe it wasn't sitting someone down and saying, this isn't for you, but just, you know, if they tell us... When we're about to audition, just because you were on it last year doesn't mean you're going to make it again. So you need to give it your all. And so sometimes people didn't make it again. And if their parents called angry, I'm sure they had to have a conversation. <laughs> but it's just like they also consider the effort you put in the year prior, you know. Yeah. If, if it's like you, you haven't developed any because you're not really pushing yourself in class. I mean, I, I don't know how that conversation went. I'm sure it wasn't fun, but... You can't hold up the progress of the company to spare people's feelings, I guess. I, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> but I've never been in that position because I teach a beginner ballet class, so yeah. it's fine. Everyone can be at their own level. I hope I don't have to get to that place. Yeah. It's and uh, I've heard actors, like when they've been interviewed, they say, the person is interviewing, I'm saying, you had to audition for this role? They say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are seasoned veterans. They say, yeah. They, I've, I've, they enjoy the concept of realizing that I have, I am not at my best. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a humbling experience. I never want to feel like I can just walk in somewhere. I mean, for some things, if you've proven yourself, you shouldn't have to go through the exact same process as everyone else. But 
I just got everything I wanted. Especially at this point, because I'm not where I want to be. That would, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be boring. Who doesn't want to be challenged in some capacity? Yeah. That doesn't fit who I am, at least. And I used to think that was something that I didn't want, was mm-hmm. to be challenged. Yeah. And I realized that usually when people challenge you, they want the best for mm-hmm. you. It's not like they have this direct idea that this is what you should do. Yeah. It's like, no, you can do better. Yeah. Even if I don't know what better looks like, we'll find out in yeah. time. But I mean, I'm just not that person who can just do the same thing over and over again. It's got to be what's next. Mm. Like, how is this going to improve me in some way? I'm on like a social media fast right now for my personal <laughs> accounts where it's like, what, what am I really doing right now? What is the meaning of all this? Because it can't just be, ooh, look at me. Yeah. I look cool because I get all this access or I have a little business on the side. Like, what am I aiming to do? So I'm, I'm figuring that out right now. And, and piggybacking on that, that idea, like what to do next, mm-hmm. you're talking about providing a service um, for dancers who have been injured or mm-hmm. post-injury mm-hmm. or even a point where they say I can't really do as much as I used to mm-hmm. how do you how do you go about doing that as as far as helping someone either either get to their back on their feet or accepting the reality that you know this is maybe something I can't do as often as I used to because that can be kind of very yeah. depressing to accept that reality for myself um there are some things that my bones are just not a fan of anymore <laughs> i would have to just give them my own experience or hopefully with the um the knowledge i gained in school going after physical therapy find ways to circumvent that maybe you can't do this but we can give you um, a modification you know? yeah. especially as an adult you don't need your leg up to your ears anymore like come on that's just <laughs> unnecessary but then sometimes it's not that they can't maybe they just can't with the training they're used to I want to figure out ways how can I adjust the training we give dancers so that they can have longevity and maybe it's not the way we've been doing it because some of the ways we were taught to stretch all across the board it's like mm, that's not that safe actually yeah. I felt a couple things tear when I did that I don't know oh, wow. mm-hmm. so I'll have to figure it out as I go that's the thing I enjoy about life I don't have all the answers right now mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see you in about five years when I get there <laughs> long journey yeah do you recommend uh, dancers who've been injured to like obviously follow doctor's mm-hmm. orders like you should wait this long before yeah, you decide you really should I'm, I'm dealing with issues now from my knee jumping back into dance too soon after um, a fracture in my foot or something because I just feel like I don't want to miss competition. I should have missed competition. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> but yeah, do that. Get into physical therapy. Um, work out outside of dance. Mm-hmm. Go to the gym. Do some conditioning because dance by itself because of the demand it requires. That's just not going to be enough sustain your body yeah mm-hmm. and you're obviously doing a service um, for people mm-hmm. to help people and people beyond the dance room mm-hmm. and the dance class um, what pushes that for you like for every day to say yo this is something that really intrigues me I just love dance so much I just feel like I mean generally helping people if it's all about me I mentioned this before that is so boring after a while because it's like okay people are applauding for me then in the age of social media give it a day they'll be over it then I'll be happy I'll have to look around for something else to get applause but when you're helping people 
a thanks from them that is that's enough to keep it going and then for dancers it's like I don't want people to have to experience the injuries I did I felt like there was a point where almost every two months something was going on like this is not this is not right and it was probably my fault but just feeling like my life means something like if I did all this training my parents invested all this money because it was not mine yeah what am I going to turn it into not just a career where I'm making money then what because even if you do have a long career as a dancer at some point you do have to retire you don't see any 60-year-olds on point at the American Ballet Theater, you know? Yeah. You just have to find a new way to make that mean something beyond a dance class or being on stage. Yeah. Well, I guess this will be uh, the very last question, um, which I always enjoy um, asking people. I'm curious about your answer. <laughs> um, what would you say, based off um, everything that you've included in the interview, your, your, your passion for dancing and just your general desire to help people what would you say would be the glory in your story that I don't know I have no idea where I'll be in five years ten years and I am okay with that I don't want to know where my life is going to exactly lead I just want to take it day by day and I've learned to be okay with that and that's exciting for me and I'm okay with having a resume that is all over the place because I don't feel like you should just have to pick one thing and stick to it. You should be able, as long as you can remain financially stable, explore yeah. as many things that are you're passionate about as you possibly can in this life. So right now I'm doing dance and physical therapy. I'll always do dance and physical therapy, honestly, but mm -hmm. who knows, in 10 years, I may be an author or something. I don't know, writing books, I may be, Maybe I'll decide, I want to be an actor, not decide, I do like entertainment, so maybe I'll pursue acting or something. I want a fashion line, so I plan on pursuing all of these things over the course of my life. And I'm okay, I'm okay if it looks crazy, because I enjoy it, yeah. and I have it in my head. Still don't know how it's going to play out, but I know it's there. And I'm excited to see where it leads, however it turns out. It reminds me of uh, Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross, because mm -hmm. at some point she was modeling, then she was uh, hosting some small show mm -hmm. um, that I never heard of. I didn't know she did it until. I never heard of that either. <laughs> like it was, it was, I think it was like in the 90s or something. And um, um, then she was an actor. Mm -hmm. And then she started posting like live videos of her exercise and saying, I do mm -hmm. maintain the health of my body. And now she has a hair product. Oh, and I just ordered mine. Really? It should be arriving this week. I'm so excited. That's what's <laughs> up. And, it's, and I'm pretty certain, like, even then, because when you're young, you can't obviously see the future. Because yeah. you're being young. But I'm certain she had no idea that up and from then to at this point that all of this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, if she did, she probably wouldn't have been able to have enjoyed it. Yeah. And not having a direct path. I mean, I used to, at some point, I thought that I should have had one. Um, but now, I realize things are just happening, especially, you know, getting older and the unexpectability mm -hmm. of just life in general. Like, when that stuff hits you, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Because you, you weren't looking for it. And I feel like even the people who do have a plan, like, this is what I want to do, give it some time. Life's going to come at you and it's going to shift anyway, so. Yeah. And you can't avoid it. It's going to happen. And I think that's one thing I'll say this for, I'll, go, um, well, I'll let you go. I think that's one thing uh, new parents are learning. Yeah, you can read all the books you want. Yes. But it's like your child is not the child in the book. So nope. you'll have to 
figure it out as you go. Which is also exciting. I do yeah. want to be a parent, so that's going to be quite the journey. Not there yet, but <laughs> in due time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank uh, you. This Michelle's is fun. And um, for those of you who are listening, this is the glory in our stories with Michelle Hello, TGOS listeners. Thank you for listening. Tune in soon for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.